Fusion, the international science radio show. We have a bouncer and the doors of perception. The good, the bad, the ugly. It gets pretty exciting. The myths, the truths. Toxicology. Astro seismology. Magnetism. The dark side. Genetically engineered potatoes. Planetoid. Planetoid. I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Diffusion. Sit back and relax while we inject weird and wonderful science directly into your brain. I'm Ian Wolfe. This week is a special census edition with a roundup of the census news and an interview with Dr. Bernard Robertson Dunn from the Australian Privacy Foundation. But first, here's a word from the Australian Bureau of Statistics. August 9 is census night. A moment for us to pause and take stock. But you may be wondering how the census has changed and how safe your data is. Let's find out. The 2016 census will count close to 10 million households and approximately 24 million people. In 2016, we're planning for more than 65% of households to complete the census online, which is cheaper, easier and more environmentally friendly. In fact, it's going to save Australian taxpayers more than $100 million. And because we take your privacy very seriously, you can complete the census with full confidence that nothing will ever be exposed. The Australian Bureau of Statistics is conducting a census this year, but they've changed the rules. Previously, they would collect but quickly discard your name and address. This year, they're not only collecting your name and address to keep for many years, but they're assigning everyone an ID number to make it easier to use your name to connect census data to your pharmacy prescription data, your Centrelink welfare data, your tax data, your electronic health records, and so on. The ABS combines census data with other data to provide a more valuable statistical picture of Australia. To protect your privacy, names and addresses are removed from other census data and are always stored separately. Names and addresses will be destroyed within four years of the census. The Census and Statistics Act 1905 ensures that census data is never released in an identifiable form or released to any court, tribunal or other agency. Other government agencies, private agencies and direct marketing companies will never have access to personal information provided in the census. This is protected by law. And census data is protected by physical and IT security measures that are regularly audited and upgraded. Safe enough for you? Get online on August 9. It's our moment to pause and make a difference. Originally, they planned to keep your name and address forever, but since April, they've wound this back to just four years, just in time for the next census. This retention period could be changed again just as quickly. The basic principles of privacy are not secrecy, but control of your personal information. You can be asked for your personal data for research purposes. The privacy principles say it can only be collected for a specific purpose, which you must be told, and you get the choice to consent to the collection or to say no. If the collectors decide on a new purpose for your personal data, they have to inform you and ask you nicely for your consent. You again have an option to opt out and say no, if you don't agree with the new use of your data. It's your data. This is basic ethics in research and how the privacy laws are drafted. The way in which the 2016 census is being conducted 
breaches these basic privacy principles for the first time. The Australian Bureau of Statistics are saying that they don't know what uses they'll choose to put your personal data to in the future, but if you don't provide the data, you may be fined $180 per day, up to $1,800 in fines altogether. The Australian Bureau of Statistics aren't answering questions online, and their phone line has been overloaded. They've made online submission the default way to enter your data, which means that they can collect extra information like the IP address of your internet connection. They can then link this to the information they're collecting on your browsing history from your internet service provider under the federal data retention laws. You do have the option to request a paper form to fill in instead, however you must provide your name, address and the new universal identification number your household has been given before they'll send you a paper form. People's trust in the process of collecting the census has been eroded, which means many people will lie or avoid the census altogether. Some people are looking to use an online name generator to make up silly names to enter instead of their own. Censusfail.com converts your name into a format that humans can read, but machines can't. The Australian Bureau of Statistics has suffered major budget cuts and can't afford to have lots of staff manually entering data. People have expressed concern that the encryption on the census website is obsolete, and instead of addressing their concerns, they've just been dismissed. You will be asked your religion, but it's an optional question. If you put Jedi, as many atheists did in the last few censuses, then you'll just be counted as other and help the government justify spending more taxpayer dollars on churches. If you don't believe in the supernatural, then please mark no religion, regardless of whether you were raised religiously. The government doesn't want to know your birth religion, just whether you believe or not, and whether you regularly attend a temple. Of course, now that your name and address will be stored with your religion, some people are worried that a future government could change the law and use that against people. In Japan, the government has decided to subject all people of the Islamic faith to arbitrary surveillance, regardless of whether they really pose any risk of terrorism to society. Historically, the Nazi German census, conducted with IBM punch cards, was used to round up, torture and kill millions of German Jewish people. Coincidentally, IBM has also been outsourced as the host for the online data entry of the Australian 2016 census. The Australian Bureau of Statistics asks that we trust them. However, in the 2006 census, they secretly kept the names and addresses of 5% of the population without their consent. It was a longitudinal project to be released to the public after 99 years for historical value. In 2015, the American census was hacked. Is Australian security some radically different technology? The Australian Pirate Party advises everyone to boycott the census and pay whatever fines are meted out, hoping that they won't be too big. In 2011, 800,000 people didn't fill out the census forms, but only 78 people were fined. The Greens Party are collecting names, emails and postcodes for a petition to complain about the collection of names and addresses. I'm sure they mean well. If there is a disastrous leak or hack of private data, there's currently no Privacy Tort or Data Breach Act that would allow you any sort of redress under the law. The government and IBM have no accountability here, and that's very wrong. And finally, Liam Pomfret, board member of the Australian Privacy Foundation, 
summarised the whole issue on the census fail hashtag on Twitter. Retaining names allows for building up a far more detailed picture of Australians than any agency has had before. ABS have paid little heed to concerns about possible feature creep in uses of this database. In response to a Freedom of Information request, the Australian Bureau of Statistics censored out plans for where to take the census in the future. You can trust us, but we don't trust you. The Australian Bureau of Statistics considers the possibility of their systems to be compromised very low risk. This is hopelessly naive. Serious data breaches of personal information have become increasingly frequent in both business and government databases. The Australian Bureau of Statistics have had 14 data breaches since 2013. With the census, just one could be disastrous. The ABS considers misuse of information by those within the organisation to be a very low risk, despite it having happened before. An Australian Bureau of Statistics officer was jailed just last year for leaking sensitive data for a $7 million insider trading scheme. With your name attached, a longitudinal identified record is a goldmine both for marketers and for identity thieves. The privacy impact assessment done by the ABS to justify their changes was inadequate and lacked independence. The consultation process was almost non-existent. They didn't consult any civil society bodies. They asked for public comment for just three weeks with almost no publicity. They put out their media release quietly on December 15th, almost as if they didn't want people to hear it. Census field officers will use apps on their personal mobile phones to handle sensitive data. This is a major security issue. Former statistician for the Australian Bureau of Statistics, Bill McLennan, wrote, This, without doubt, is the most significant invasion of privacy ever perpetrated on Australians by the Australian Bureau of Statistics. You're listening to Ian Wolfe on Diffusion Science Radio. Send emails to science at diffusionradio.com. We're brought to you across Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast over the internet on www.diffusionradio.com. Dr. Bernard Robinson Dunn is chairman of the Australian Privacy Foundation's Health Committee. I met him in Kibbery Park on Sydney's Milsons Point. I began by asking him, are people right to be worried about their names and addresses being kept with their personal data in the census? They've always recorded people's names and address, and in, I think, the past census, they've used that information to do dataset linking. What has happened this time round is that they have said they want to keep names and addresses for longer periods of time and they've also indicated why they need that data or at least some of the reasons that they want to keep that data and most of it is so that they can link to other data sets and learn more things about the Australian population and one of the problems is that they haven't really explained sufficiently to many people exactly why they're doing it and what benefit there will be to the Australian population. In the past, the Bureau of Statistics has taken data either by sampling or as close to 100% of sampling, which is what the census is, in order to gauge the behaviour of the population such that the government can make decisions regarding things like schools, post offices, power, roads, and that sort of thing, population stuff. And that has nearly always been statistical in the sense that many 
records have been combined to give totals and to indicate where things were happening in a broad global sense. What they seem to be doing now is to try and link the data from the census with other data sets so that they can increase the amount of information they get out of the data sets. One that was mentioned today was indigenous population in the sense of how long indigenous people, the Aboriginals, live. And the estimate was that they live for 17 years less than the Australian normal population, but they've done some better analysis on existing data and it would appear to be 10 years, not 17 years. Now if this data is misinterpreted, that would look as though somebody has done something and the indigenous population is living for longer. And the Bureau's statistics were very concerned that this misinterpretation could arise by people who don't actually understand the data. So that is one of the things they're looking to do, which is to gain more information so they can draw more conclusions. Now even something like population health regarding Aboriginals, they don't need to know the names of those Aboriginals, but they do need to know what the census data was five years ago, ten years ago, how that data might link to births, marriages and deaths and such like. So you can see why they'd want to do it for population reasons. But they've indicated that they also want to do things like improve the treatment for mental health. Now, the wording that they've used on the website is very specific and it seems to indicate so that they can make general recommendations as to better mental health but it can be misinterpreted to mean they're going to look at an individual's mental health and that has created all sorts of warning signals amongst the population who don't come across censuses very much, they don't understand how ABS works and so our view in the Privacy Foundation is that the ABS works very hard to keep the data secure and we don't think that's changed very much although going online is a potential problem because online data collection can have problems. Isn't that one of those things that this particular census they're encouraging most people to try and go online to fill it in and for the census following this they're saying it'll be compulsory for everyone to go online. Correct and something like going online using technology like a lot of technology has an upside and a downside and it would appear from what people have discovered from the ABS's announcements that if you fill in your census form using your computer online it will track your IP address. They haven't actually said that they will link the IP address with the census form but they could potentially and some people think that they will be doing it. Now this is part of the PR mess they seem to have got themselves into. They haven't consulted widely enough and informed the population widely enough so people's imaginations have run right. Haven't they also made some statements recently that to combat terrorism they want to access people's mental health records for example? Correct. They use terrorism as a justification for retaining telecommunications metadata. They haven't specifically said that they would look at people's mental health records either through the new My Health Records system, although the legislation permits it without any problems whatsoever and says that the system operator, the people who run the My Health Records system, if they are satisfied that there's a good case, they can pass that information over to somebody which includes law enforcement revenue protection, which is a very interesting one because that includes ATO and Customs Border Protection. 
health insurance companies trying to assess indemnity rates and such like. So there is a, a channel for getting information out of the My Health record to other people that is actually not visible whatsoever to the person whose data is being obtained. And the legislation, all that says is the system operator must make a note of the fact that they've done it. They don't have to report it, they've just got to write it down. <laughs> so there is this idea that the census data is going to be combined with other data at the individual level to draw conclusions. ABS is in fact strictly forbidden from releasing data on individuals. And my experience of them in the past is that they work very hard to the extent where if you try and ask questions of the census data that returns results of a few individuals within a particular search, then that data is fudged deliberately so that you cannot do things, for instance, if you know somebody has moved into your neighbourhood and you know approximately how old they are, you know approximately what education they might have, like they might have a PhD or some other qualification, you know their gender, you can ask questions of the data that returns a value of one because they've moved within a period of time, etc, etc. Now the ABS are fully aware of this and they wouldn't return that data because they know that it is revealing a particular record on a particular person or a few people. And so they've done that in the past to conform with the law which says that they should not reveal individual information. The census data is highly detailed and in the past has been done on a snapshot basis on one night. There is indications that you can fill in your census form over a period of time. Some people have already filled it in. So there goes the snapshot view, but on the other hand, they're trying to increase the coverage, which may or may not be beneficial at the statistical level. So whether you go from 95 to 97% of respondents, data quality doesn't change an awful lot because it is statistical. And the degrees of confidence don't change an awful lot. Now, if the census, well, the census is done every five years, so there's big gaps. The information they get from the census being on a population basis is, is okay because populations don't change that rapidly. And if they are changing rapidly, you probably don't need a census to tell you. So if there's an earthquake and a whole suburb gets ruined, then you know about it. You don't have to go and ask people. So my personal view of ABS is they do take security and privacy very seriously. That is actually enforced upon them by legislation and it is serious in the sense that if anybody is discovered revealing information they shouldn't, they'd probably get locked up for two years. That is certainly hanging over them. Haven't they had 14 breaches in the last three years? I haven't examined what that data actually means, so I can't really comment on those particular data breaches, but 14 over a number of years is, is not an awful lot. And to put it in perspective, which is something I've been doing on Twitter recently, is if you do a Google search census data breach, you get four hits. If you do health data breach, you get 49,200. Uh, that is not particularly scientific, but it gives you an idea of the difference in terms of the risk. So by keeping the name and address in a way that can be associated with the data, aren't the Australian Bureau of Statistics creating a big honeypot for criminals to go after? In the sense that it's highly valuable information, yes. But is it a realistic honeypot in the sense that somebody on the internet would be able to access this? The answer is almost certainly zero. Because the systems that do store the information, I don't believe they're connected to the internet. In the old days, they're certainly mainframe-based. And 
trying to hack into an IBM mainframe is not an easy thing to do. They separate out the names and the addresses and they form these keys and they keep those keys and the names and addresses information separate anyway. So you have to join a number of databases to get that linkage back between the key and the, the data. Aren't they very old computers though? That's one of the things the ABS has complained about is they need to update 40 year old systems. Uh, I think the age of the IT is totally irrelevant. It's what the software does and what it's connected to. Yes, they're probably old IBM machines and they'd like a new and better environment, but they almost certainly have statistical analysis software that insulates them from the technology. There's a lot of federal government IT systems that are very old. The IT, as I said, doesn't really matter. It's the software that the programs are written in. There's various political reasons why they do happen. The government doesn't like to spend its money every year on maintaining the software or the systems of current state. It's far cheaper for them just to say, oh, keep it running. It's like keeping a car till it runs over a cliff. Probably a bad analogy. But in terms of a honeypot, that data is not going to be available over the internet. I can almost guarantee it because I don't see why they should. And it's a very sensible step to say, don't connect it to the internet. It's quite easy to do. In terms of people who have access to the data and leaking the data, that is always a risk. In fact, the biggest risk of any information system that you're trying to keep secure or private are the privileged operators, the people who have authorised access to the data. You can't stop them accessing the data because that's their job. The big problem is somebody who finds out as part of their job and letting on about it. This is not unique to census data, lawyers, doctors, lots of people operate under the same trust and it comes down to a matter of trust. The risk involved in census data I believe is very small. And the people who are still concerned and want to take action, they're facing fines aren't they? Potentially, under the Census and Statistics Act that does stipulate for penalties, there have not been that many occasions when it's been invoked even if you refuse to or don't fill in your census form for whatever reason, there's been very few prosecutions. It would be counterproductive, I think, if the ABS people prosecuted people who had not filled in their census form were effectively conscientious objectors. ABS would not suffer very much from a statistical point of view if people didn't. They don't want to and they don't want to encourage people not to fill in the forms. It's very difficult to estimate just how much the what we'll call backlash against ABS is at the moment. Twitter is making a lot of noise. Media organisations are feeding off this. But in reality, the number of people who are likely to not fill in their form is going to be quite small. That's, that's just a prediction of mine. I'd be far more worried about what the government's doing with the health information than sensitive information. And that is based upon an observation that the Bureau of Statistics is trying very hard to hide the data whereas the Department of Health has a stated object objective of making access to health data easier. Well, we'll talk about that next time. Bernard, thank you very much. Thank you. That was Dr Bernard Robinson Dunn, Chairman of the Australian Privacy Foundation's Health Committee. I'll be talking to him in a future show about Australia's electronic health records. So if you're concerned about your privacy, what can you do? A small disclaimer, I am not a lawyer. You can boycott the census by refusing to fill it in. If you do, then Australian Bureau of Statistics staff will come to your door until you admit you're refusing to participate. Then they may fine you $180 per day. You could enter a fake name, but you will also be fined. 
You could request a paper form and write your name using non-repro light blue coloured ink or pencil, but the ABS scanners might still be able to pick that up. You could enter your name into the censusfail.com site and copy and paste a font that humans can read, but computers can't. Technically, you've provided your name, but the court might still find you. You could swap your paper form with all its numbers and barcodes with someone else's form, but there's no guarantee this will protect your privacy. I don't know if the ABS would try taking you to court for this. You could enter your census data online, but use a virtual private network so that the government can't record your IP address with your name and home address. Or you could enter the census from a library computer. This appears to be completely legal. You could sign the Green Party's petition and hope that your privacy concerns will be acted on by your representatives and that the Green Party will protect your name and address. Or, as Duncan Young from the Australian Bureau of Statistics said in an interview for Nightlife, you can give your name for Australia. Here's the Juice Media with an honest government advert. You can support Juice Media at patreon.com slash thejuicemedia. Australia, are you ready for Census Day? The Census is important. It enables the government to make wise policy decisions for the future. Just kidding. As if we'd do that. In the past, we had a deal. You agreed to give us your personal information and we agreed to record it anonymously. This made it safe for you to complete the census truthfully. This year, we'll be doing things differently. For the first time ever, we'll be conducting the census online and demanding you provide your name and address, which will be stored along with your answers and your IP address forever. Now, you might be thinking this all sounds super dodgy, but <gasps> look over there, a rare Pokemon. Oh, you're still here. Okay, it might sound dodgy, but there's no need to worry. Your personal data will be tote safe with us. We take privacy seriously. That's why our state-of-the-art servers have only been hacked 14 times in the past three years. And we will not sell or share your collected data with anyone else. We're not like Facebook. No, at least with them, you made the choice to let them mine your data. With us, it's mandatory. So relax. This new census policy is just to make sure we can provide better tailored services in the future, such as easily identifying Muslim households and other persecuted minorities once full-blown fascism comes to Australia. So get on board. We don't want anyone to miss out on the biggest invasion of privacy ever perpetrated on the Australian population. That's why we'll fine you $180 for each day that passes without completing your census. Of course, you could boycott this census or request the paper form where you can choose not to provide your name. That would send a clear signal that you have finally had enough of the ongoing attack on your privacy. <laughs> but we know that you don't give a shit about privacy. Census Day. Get in line on August 9 or get a fine. Authorised by the Australian Bureau of Statistics for the Fulfilment of Orwellian Prophecies. And that's all from us this week on Diffusion. Send your contributions, opinions, congratulations, standing ovations, helpful suggestions and donations to science at diffusionradio.com. That's science at diffusionradio.com. And please do send me an email so I know you're listening and you'd like to hear more episodes. Please like the Diffusion Science Radio page on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Tell your friends... Follow me on Twitter at Ian Wolf. Check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash diffusionradio. Checking production was Charles Willock. I produce Diffusion, which is broadcast around Australia on the community radio network, including 8CCC in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek, 2MVR in Nambaka Valley, 3MBR in the Mallee Border Districts of Victoria and South Australia. 
Diffusion is syndicated globally on the National Science Foundation's Science360 internet radio station and also on astronomy.fm. Subscribe to the podcast on the Diffusion website, www.diffusionradio.com. That's www.diffusionradio.com and check the website for links, photos and videos about this week's show. If you enjoyed the show, then you can explore more than 850 previous episodes archived on diffusionradio.com where the shows are labelled by keywords so you can focus in on the stories you want to hear. I'm Ian Wolfe. Join us inside your audio device of choice for more science wondering next week on Diffusion Science Radio. Science is fun. It helps you to learn, to know and to appreciate. When you study science, you may go on field trips. You discover the marvelous interrelationships between all living things. You learn to read the history of the earth as it is written in rocks and fossils. You find out what makes things tick. Everything from a molecule to a living organism. In the study of science is found the most useful and satisfying knowledge of man. Knowledge of his physical world, its past, its present, and its future. And in your moments of relaxation, now and in the years to come, you will find the study of science leading you into fascinating pursuits. Photography. Collecting. Why study science? Study science because you will find in the study of science a richer, more rewarding life.